Hello, everybody, and welcome to the RPG Fan Podcast. My name is Robert Steinman, your illustrious host. Joined today, I have Zach Pinchick. Hey. All right. We're, yeah, we're going to do like the whole call your name and you get to say hi. Dennis Rubin. Shit. <laughs> Dennis Rubenstein. Dennis Rubenstein. I got it. Yes. I got it. Yes. Correct. See, see, this is terrible. When you have a guy named Steinman and Rubenstein, it's just going to create horrible problems for everybody. And uh, he is the master of the love pillow, as we learned during our uh, trial episode. And ladies, he is a little lonely, so feel free to give him a message. Whatnot. I just made your day. I'm going to get you laid by the end of this podcast, Dennis. Not, oh, not see how it goes. Not this podcast, but the end of our run. That's the way I see us come. And we have a special guest today, Mr. Kyle Miller. Hello. <laughs> oh, that was a dramatic. You shouldn't laugh first before he has a chance to say hi. Uh, Kyle is apparently my mortal enemy on the boards. We disagree on everything, but he did pop my cherry, which makes me feel very happy. Made me feel pretty happy, too. I know, I know. He was gentle. He was very gentle. You know, he he got it up uh, fairly quickly after I asked him to. <laughs> oh boy, this is going so many great places. I sorry, it's Saturday night, so it's a little bit looser right now. Yeah, it's so, Saturday night life. Oh God. So we have a uh, standard structure for you guys today. We're going to start off with what you've been playing. Uh, the various ah crap. See now, Garnet Lee is going to come after me for that. Okay, we're going to start with what have you been playing. Uh, where we're going to talk about the games that we're playing for review or games that we're just playing for fun, moving on into a topic that we have for the week, and then finally, news with Zach. Yep. So, who wants to get the ball rolling? Should we maybe let the the new guy, maybe let the special guest start off with what he's been playing? That'd be sure. you, Kyle. All right, there we go. Yeah, that, that would be you, Kyle. <laughs> well, I've been playing... Um... Final Fantasy Nine, actually. I I didn't really have anything to play new, so I was like, well, you know, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Go back and play one of those old, you know, classic JRPGs to really find out if JRPGs were better back then. Because, I mean, it kind of seems like they were after playing things like FF11 or 13, which I know, Dennis, you enjoyed it quite a bit, but <coughs> I'm actually... I, I actually agree with Rob on this one. Woo! I know, it's strange, but I did not like it. Um, yeah, I'm alone in that regard, so <laughs> not surprised. Yeah, so I went back, back to play FF9, and I was pleasantly surprised. It's not total crap. Now, uh, out of the three uh, games for the PlayStation era, you know, 7, 8, and 9, which one is your favorite? Like, give, give us a little gauge on each of them, because, uh, you know, opinions range on these three games. So where do you kind of stand? Right. Well, when I first played them, I liked all of them. I liked 9 the most, and then 7, and then 8. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that 9 has aged the best. Now, that that's not saying too much, because it was the latest game, but... Uh, even though nine, I think, completely falls apart at the end in terms of the story and plot structure, uh, I do feel like that game has aged very well. Yeah, the only thing that really that I've really encountered being a problem is the battles are a little slow for today's <laughs> standards. I think, mm -hmm. which kind of bothers me, but it's still a really playable game and really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Where do you stand with the uh, characters? Do, do you like all the characters in the game? Uh, do they stand out for you more than the other ones in, in the other PlayStation Final Fantasies? Like, what do you think about them? Um, I think all three of the PlayStation Final Fantasies have probably similar characters, about the same quality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although in FF9, they're arguably more likable. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that Zidane was a huge breath of fresh air compared to the you know angsty qualities of Cloud and Squall, who just like I wanted to throttle them the whole way through those games. Uh, I, yeah, I really I like Zidane. I can see that. Yeah, Although, and of course Vivi. Oh, Vivi's the man. Like anybody who doesn't like Vivi is just wrong. Like he he is a great character. He's kind of a heartwarming character. Is he nine in the game or is he six? I forget how old he is. I know he's really. Oh, I don't know. Uh, he's just a young character, and he's trying to find his place in the world. He knows that he's going to die. Spoilers. Sorry. Um, he's <laughs> yeah. he's a great character. 
So, any other thoughts on Final Fantasy IX right now, or is that just like taking up your time and you're trying to enjoy it? Well, I have noticed one thing. Um, comparing FF13 and FF9 kind of show how the Final Fantasy series has gone downhill. Compare Tantalus from FF9, which is the group of theater thieves that Zidane is a part of, with Nora, which is similar in kind of, I guess, kind of the same kind of uh, group. And, of course, Nora is completely annoying from FF13. Um, but just comparing those two groups, I, I just have to say that the Final Fantasy series has really gone to crap. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to get much argument from me. I don't know where everybody else stands on that. I, I think ten was the last good Final Fantasy. That's just what I'm saying. I would agree. It's it's the the most recent one that I've played to completion. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I still need my copy of thirteen. Well, now, Dennis, do you hate Final Fantasy Nine? Since we all seem to like Final Fantasy Nine. <laughs> yeah. Thing is, I liked what I played. I just kind of got lazy in the in the second half. I should replay it at some point. My favorite aspect of nine was the cho- was the uh, chocobo hot and cold music, that like uh, Spanish beat that was in that. Oh god, I I loved that aspect and the uh, the treasure maps. Like getting these treasure maps and being able to go across the world, it actually gave you some overworld uh, environmental interaction, which was very rare for a Final Fantasy game. And I really liked that. I, I got super into that more than any other mini game slash side quest in a Final Fantasy. Oh, it's definitely the best use of Chocobos ever. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Until that Chocobo Hentai game comes out, but uh, that probably leads us to what Dennis wants to talk about. Uh, not, not not Hentai games, ladies and gentlemen. Just uh, what have you been playing, Dennis? <laughs> well, RPG lies. I've mainly been playing Shin Megami Tensei: Strange Journey for fun. Ooh, Great. Nice. Great game. Goes back to the old school roots of the original Shin Megami Tensei games, which were first-person dungeon crawlers with a demon conversations and the moral choices and stuff. Whereas, as much as I like the spin-offs and all that, I kind of just like to play the the old school style stuff, and it's kind of a, it's quite enjoyable. I really like the story. The demons are fun. It's It's challenging, but not cheap. And there's a lot of exploration in every nook and cranny to explore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying it's a straight dungeon crawler. So uh, uh, refresh my memory. You're basically uh, in Antarctica, and there's like this giant like wormhole or something that leads into a demon realm, and you're part of a group that's investigating. Uh, am I in the ballpark at least? Yeah, but they got marooned and trying to find their way to escape this place. But of oh, okay. course, things are not easy, and uh, things keep happening. And when things go smoothly, then something else happens. They don't ever catch a break. Now, the, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, I, and it's gotten to a point where the crewmen are kind of at each other's throats about it at times, at least the, some of the major characters, who are quite in disagreement with the philosophies and other stuff, and probably want each other dead. Uh, interesting. I mean, I've only played uh, the Persona series of Shin Megami Tensei games, so I'm kind of going back and, and replaying them. I don't own a DS right now, so I can't play Strange Journey. I hopefully will have a DS fairly soon. Now, um, how does it compare to the Persona series? I mean, I'm used to like dating anime girls in Persona and like helping people out with their studies, but you're saying that Strange Journey is just a straight dungeon crawl, correct? Yeah, with a uh, so kind of heavy, heavier emphasis on the story than the most dungeon crawlers are and like I said it goes back to its roots whereas a lot of the original games which were in the SNES were of the same type first person dungeon crawlers where you get to choose towards the end to be you know light law chaos or neutral to shape how the world is going to be Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey kind of follows that's the old school route okay so I have, I have a question actually um my my experience with the the Shimigami Tensei games has only been the the really recent ones, so you know like Nocturne, the Persona three and four, and Digital Devil Saga. And so, is is the is the fast paced combat, which is kind of like one of my favorite parts of the SMT games, is that does that carry over to the to Strange well, Journey? It's, it's very fast, and just so you know, it you could compare it a lot closer to Nocturne than Digital Devil Saga mm. or Persona games. Yeah, I've definitely. Just I've minus heard it. the, 
Sorry. Yeah, uh, just minus the first person, you know, perspective on Nocturne. I've definitely kind of heard it uh, compared as kind of the Shin Megami Tensei Four uh, unofficially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Nocturne was technically three because they all follow that similar structure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I need to bite the bullet and finally go pick up Nocturne. It's at my GameStop uh, here in Columbia, South Carolina. And like I, I went in and I was gonna pick it up, but they were they wanted like forty five bucks for it. I'm like, guys, this is like a ten year old game. Come on. Well, now. it's not an easy find. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. I I just need to. I think I need to bite the bullet and finally get it. My buddy got it, um, and he played the piss out of it years ago. So maybe I I should finally do it. It's kind of minimalist story, but it's it's quite fun and quite and it's really really hard compared to a lot of other RPGs. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I really. Go ahead, go ahead, Kyle. Just don't expect any dating, Rob. Oh. Unless you want to date a demon. Yes. Speaking of that, there is a side quest I'm doing on Strange Journey where this guy is in love with this demon, wants me to talk to said demon, only to you know, just oh. tell the guy off. and It's just a series of strange qu- side quests. And I just thought it had one of the best lines ever. At least, because basically after he got dumped the first time, he, this is what he said. Oh, well, oh. there are plenty of fish women out there for me. Hot. <laughs> Hot. Uh, I'm down with some demon dating. Now, now, Rob, if you're interested, uh, I just kind of took a moment to check on Amazon. But uh, 30 bucks, buy it new. Oh, sh- on, on Amazon? Yep. Oh. Yep. Check it out. Okay. So I could get that. I could finish out getting my Bad Out of Hell CDs from Meatloaf. And I could finish up my Dragon Ball Z collection in my next Amazon order. Sweet. Okay. And anyhow, so that's more than we're playing. Non-RPG-wise, Super Mario Galaxy 2. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, I'm surprised you were here for the podcast. I figured you were going to miss it because you're collecting stars or whatever. Well, I managed to at least stop. At least it's easy enough to pick up and play. That's true. That's true. Other than that, been messing with Trauma Team, also for the same console. Nice. Nice. I like the series. I've beaten, actually, I've beaten everything but New Blood. So it's like, hey, I'll mess with Trauma Team. A lot easier than the other games, but still enjoyable. Nice. Lots of suspense and disbelief because it has some really crazy over-the-top moments. But hell, I-, I could go with the flow. All right, so Mr. Pinchik, what have you been playing? Uh, I- I've actually uh, been investing my time in a legitimate JRPG. I've been playing a little bit of Resonance of Fate. Ooh, now th- now this is the controversial RPG right now that's not Final Fantasy Thirteen. I suppose it is. I mean, I... I, I had that kind of experience where you get to the first boss and then, oh, hey, you lose about 15 times until it clicks, but I, I don't know if it exactly clicked. Um, I've, I've been enjoying the, the game a lot, just kind of the, the combat and how that sort of plays out. It's very fast-paced. Uh, Silly fun. Yeah, I know. It plays plays towards my action tendencies. And the characters, the, the English voice acting is surprisingly pleasant. I, I was almost, I was at first a little shocked to hear uh, everyone's favorite Nolan North in you know, uh, the JRPG, but... Oh, God, I hate that man. I he, hate him so and, much. I mean, you can hate him, but he, he does he does a damn good job of, of Nathan Drake. And granted, he does kind of play Nathan Drake in you know all of his roles, uh, Residents of Fate included, but it... You know, it comes across perfectly it, better than, hey, I mean, better than the stuff that you're going to get <clears throat> from, you know, the kind of uh, Nice America, Exceed sort of translation. So I'm sorry, Nolan North is like scabies in a dorm. Like, everybody gets it, and it's just horrible. Like, it, it's just everywhere, and I, I can't stand him. But, uh, but getting back to Resonance, Re- Resonance of Fate is... Tell me a little bit about the battle system because I've only seen uh, videos of it and it just looks very bizarre to me. I have no idea what's happening. Can you, can you give me a brief overview of how the battle system works? Brief overview. I don't know if that's apparently it's it's very similar to Valkyrie Profile to uh, Silmaria, but Ugh. I haven't played that. Uh, so my kind of my kind of closest <laughs> reference yeah. is uh, you need an encyclopedia to understand the concept of the Resins of Faith battle system. Okay, you guys aren't you guys aren't winning almost. me over here. Yeah, you guys sorry. are not winning me over. Um, if if you enjoyed Valkyria Chronicles, which if I recall you didn't exactly. Uh, I, I I liked it, but I, it just I don't know. It didn't click with me. I could appreciate it, but it didn't click. Uh, so imagine that battle system just minus say like seven characters on the battlefield and 
uh, it's it's very kind of unrelenting in its in its uh, ability to kick your ass. Uh, okay. But I mean, basically the 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 kind of short overview is you have your three characters through the whole game. You know, it doesn't doesn't pull any Final Fantasy thirteen crap where you have one, two, or maybe three at a time, but it's always, or actually, no, I'm, I'm mistaken, a little later there's a couple of chapters with two characters, but you have your three characters, you can use, you can have them use either machine guns or pistols or grenades, and basically you, you don't do, there's two types of damage, there's the scratch damage, which is caused by machine guns, and that kind of takes away from uh, the arm, you know, like an armor gauge or someone's health, by filling up the bar, instead of with you know green health, you have blue scratch damage. And then pistols do direct damage, which if you haven't done any scratch damage, will uh, kind of plink away at the at the health bar of, of someone. But if you have done scratch damage, one you know one shot from the pistol will take away all of that scratch damage plus you know a, a couple of points from direct damage. So it's really a balancing act of using your machine gun character or characters to scratch the the either body parts or health of various enemies and then using the pistol to kind of take away that scratch damage. Uh, and then there's also hero actions, which is the the crazy gun foo sort of stuff that you see in the in the trailers. And there's okay, yeah, okay. if you get past that it's there's a whole lot of stuff about how you can do like a, a triangle attack, which uses all three characters. If you if you set up the right amount of hero actions, crossing each other's paths, it, it gets really convoluted. Um, and there's there's a couple of things that I don't quite appreciate uh, as far as these these things that you have called bezels, which you have to use to do hero actions. But if you use too many of them, then you get into this critical condition where you can barely do any damage and you basically lose. Might as well be a game over. Yeah, basically. I mean, I've I've the the couple hours that I've played, I've gotten through the prologue and the first chapter. Uh, I've I've been enjoying it, and I'm looking forward to kind of playing through the whole game because it seems like I'll be able to, at the very least, do it in kind of these bite sized chapter portions. Uh, yeah, but... I'm only up to chapter five myself. It doesn't really involve much from there, but just it gets harder, but still fun. What is with games having chapters these days? Like, every freaking game I'm playing these days has chapters. I'm getting kind of sick of it. Like, if I see one more chapter, I, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't like that kind of plot progression in terms of chapters. Like, I mean, it, just, I, it, just, it, it kind of actually works. I don't know. I've, I haven't had the, the experience that you had with uh, Final Fantasy XIII, but it's the, the way that the, the three characters interact with each other and how it's the the mission system that they use it's it's very uh digestible i think is is a good word for it so. i don't think i've ever heard a game described as digestible yeah, it like sort of follows the episodic game. format a mission of the week kind of thing at least the first half hmm. okay all right well yeah. so it kind of fits in that game style where it's like okay chapter one we got this one main mission chapter two another main mission you know just kind of learning things about it slowly as we progress well, that sounds interesting. Uh, if that's it for you, I guess it's it's now my turn with what I have been playing. Um, I spent the better part of the afternoon getting Dawn of War 2 working on my computer, and then the rest of the afternoon trying to convince everybody on the boards that Dawn of War 2 <laughs> is an RPG. Um, I don't know if you're going to win that argument. but I, well, hey, Good luck. Warcraft 3 is, was reviewed. That's all was I got to say. Hey, it and this is Warcraft 3, except a complete focus on hero units, where you're not making units. You have It's a real-time strategy game with units where you're picking their abilities and you're sending them to cover, very Company of Heroes-esque, but you're leveling them up. They're gaining abilities. You're outfitting them with equipment. I don't know. That sounds like an yeah, RPG. I mean, maybe maybe the, the single player. I, you could yeah, perhaps yeah. win an argument there, but the multiplayer is uh, almost uh, straight Dawn of War 1. Well, that's uh, a little bit more. I'm playing the single player. I I, I mean, I only got to spend 10 minutes with it today because, on a side note, Games for Windows Live is probably the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, it took three download updates for me to finally be able to sign in and save my game, and three computer restarts. Like, 
I, I seriously think that Games for Windows Live was just a design by Microsoft to make sure nobody would ever play PC games ever again. It's a complete train wreck. It's an abortion. No one should ever... Games for Windows Live, no. Never, 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 never. I'm okay with Valve having a monopoly on PC gaming at this point. I'm okay. Antitrust laws be damned. They can have it. That's fine. Um... Now, the other game, the main game that I was playing for the past week uh, so I could get my review up, and this is why I now feel like a games journalist, because I got my first piece of hate mail from my review of Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah, I know, I know. Another cherry popped. I got my hate mail for uh, my Final Fantasy VIII review that went up along with uh, Pat's review of Final Fantasy VII. I think it's funny that uh, – I'm not going to call the guy out. I'm not going to say what he said because that's not fair. He's not here to defend himself. But I love how I, – I, I gave the game an 80, which is a fully functioning, above-average RPG. And, and again, it is a fully functioning RPG. There's nothing inherently wrong with the game. It's not broken. It's just not fun. And this gets back to what we talked about in the trial podcast about Final Fantasy Thirteen. I love the fact that Square is very experimental with their key franchise. Uh, Square Enix is very experimental with the Final Fantasy series. They try new things. They're just like, you know what? That game that sold 10 million units, screw it. Let's do something completely different. I love that, but it doesn't always work. And I think Final Fantasy 8, 12, and 13 are perfect examples of when it didn't work. 8 is the most exploitable game that I've played in the series. Like, you can completely screw that game just by junctioning your magic correctly and by having the right Guardian Forces equipped. And it just, it sucks all the fun out of it. And I I didn't find the game hard at all. Just all the enemies just get more and more hit points as they level up with you. On a side note, any game where the enemies level up with you is stupid, and and I, mm, I will, yeah, that's one of my pet peeves. Yeah, I, I yeah. totally agree. Except it, it didn't bother me in Fallout Three, but that's one of the things I despise about Oblivion. Now wait, in Fallout Three, they don't level up with you, do they? I don't think. Yeah, they, they do. They do. I it's, don't. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, think they, they do. do. They do. It's subtler than it is in Oblivion, and it's not annoying. Okay. They really refined yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, by, right. by the end of the game, you're, you're so powerful that it really doesn't matter that they level with you, but it, it, it is the case of it. Okay, exactly. okay. Well, I was under the impression that they didn't. Well, that shows how much I know, but uh, Final Fantasy VIII, like, the enemies just level up and they get more and more hit points, but they can't come close to killing you. And this is something that Kyle mentioned. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, you know, it's not a perfect RPG, but one thing about that game that kills all the other Final Fantasies on the PlayStation 1, those battles are quick. They are quick and fast. The animations are very fast, and the battle's done and over with quickly. Yeah, Final Fa- straightforward, no BS. Yeah, and, and see, Final Fantasy VIII is so slow. Like, the ready animations before the characters attack, the way you're constantly drawing magic, if you decide to start summoning, that game is slow. You are in battles way too long, and I just got fed up with it. I never wanted to be in a fight in that game, because then it doesn't matter if you are. If you level up, the enemies level up with you, so it's better to just stock up on magic and be super powerful before you do anything. I, I don't know. I just Final Fantasy VIII, it was a noble experiment, Everything with Laguna in that game is wonderful. I love him as a character, and the the tone of the game really shifts whenever Laguna and his crew, whenever you take control of those guys, the tone really shifts back to like the NES, Super NES-style gameplay where it's a little bit more carefree, and you get away from like the angsty crew of people that you can't stand. So That's the only thing I like about a Laguna stuff. Yeah, Laguna was great, and wasn't... He, I mean, when they first announced that game, they said that there were going to be two main characters. Now, maybe that was a mistranslation or whatever, but I was expecting to be playing as Laguna for half of that game, and instead you only get the little snippets, and those are the best parts of the game. That was the only thing that was keeping me going the first time that I played it, and that was the only thing that kept me going the second time. So, I don't know. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII... I, I don't understand the resurgence of love for it. It seems like everybody kind of hated it when it first came out. And now there's been like this outpouring of love for the game. Like, oh my god, it's so it's the best PlayStation RPG. And I, I'm just like, no. No, it really isn't. Like, I don't know, guys. I, uh, I guess it's funny. This is going to be the one time I'm going to agree with you. 
Awesome. Yes. <laughs> agree with me, Dennis. Feel free. The one time. Feel free to agree with me, Dennis. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. Think, yeah. Whenever, if I don't like something, then that's saying something. Otherwise, I'm pretty easygoing and just tolerate anything, almost anything. Yeah. With, go ahead. Go ahead. With A, it just clicked me all the wrong places. Yeah, it just it, it didn't tickle your love pillow. No, it didn't. Uh, uh, that's a shame. I mean, Riddle was kind of cute. At least, like I said, 13, a lot of flaws, but simple, straightforward, no BS, it's fast-paced. At least it's a lot more accessible to me. Yeah. The other thing about 8 that I, I really had a hard time with, that game does not tell you where to go very often. Like, there were times where I was completely lost, and there was one area I could go to, but the pre-rendered backgrounds, like, it, it didn't make it apparent where you could go. And I remember in 7, you, you had the ability to turn on an icon to show the exit areas on a map. And I never really had to use it that often, but it was helpful in certain areas. But Final Fantasy VIII desperately needed that. And one of the first towns, it took me two hours to figure out where I was going because I, <laughs> I kept going down the wrong alley. And I was like, oh, this alley over here. Oh, that's great. Awesome. Thank you so much. So I'm sure people will call me an idiot for that. but And, and that really when when I saw that and when I was playing Final Fantasy 8 part of me was sitting there going you know what maybe getting rid of towns in Final Fantasy 13 not such a bad idea maybe maybe it wasn't a bad thing it was okay all right well <laughs> well he, he got me there with his witty retort i i have nothing to say to that so so are we, are we done bashing Final Fantasy VIII? Because I could, I could basically go all day on that, and I would love to get more hate mail, honestly. That made my day this morning. I was sitting there with my cup of coffee, and I was like, oh my god, somebody hates me. I guess that's the thing. I've been doing this for a little over three years, and still no hate mail. Ah, uh, that's... Like, I, the hate messages and stuff stems from elsewhere, but I don't want to do shameless plugins here. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping that... Uh, and I'm going to start playing Oblivion for the PS3. I'm going to do a review of that and then hopefully win the Dawn of War 2 argument. Uh, so I don't see myself pissing too many people off in the near future. I think if I had reviewed Final Fantasy 13, I think the world would have caved in. <laughs> so, uh, that's just me. All right, so with the topic of what we've been playing all done, we're going to switch. The hell was that? <laughs> that might have been my refrigerator. I, I do not know. That's almost as bad as my girlfriend sneezing on the trial podcast. Well, I mean, I'm I'm sitting with my dogs and I'm just worried that they're going to start just flipping out because they have just the, the slightest tendency to go after anything that moves and surprise okay, well, worry about crazy stay. family making noises. Oh boy. So, we have a topic of discussion this week. Um I was sitting there and I was playing uh, Red Dead Redemption while I should have been playing RPGs. And, you know, I would never argue that Red Dead Redemption is an RPG. I don't consider it to be. But there are some RPG elements in that game in that you have an inventory, you get weapons that get more and more powerful. You're not necessarily upgrading them, but you get new weapons, which could be seen as leveling up. You level up uh, some of the abilities that you get, like the Dead Eye meter, which you can slow down time. And it incorporates also the mission structure of Oblivion or Fallout in a lot of ways where some of the missions aren't as rigid. You get a quest or a mission, whatever you want to call it, and then you can complete it whenever you want to. And so it got me thinking about RPG elements in other genres. And uh, I think the first example that I really remember uh, for me was back when Castlevania Symphony of the Night came out. And that came out, what, like a month after Final Fantasy VII? And I played the piss out of that game. And I loved the RPG elements. I loved being able to level up Alucard and get him stronger and outfit him with equipment. And so we see RPG elements popping up in more and more games. Do we think it's a good thing? Do we think maybe it dilutes what an RPG actually is? What, what's your thought process on it, guys? I personally think it's kind of a good thing. At least it just feels like there's you could do and you could do more things to it. it. Feels like there's a bigger, better sense of progression than just you know point A to point B and leave things static. I'm I'm definitely in in the same boat. I really kind of enjoy anything that allows me to aimlessly grind away at uh at you know whatever at whatever extra goals they might put in my path. And so I mean 
you know, as far as Borderlands go, for example, you know, I know Rob, you're not a huge fan, um, but the the kind of loot collecting and uh, leveling up that you get to do over the course of that game it just kind of it gave me that extra push to keep going. Whereas, uh, you know, a, a normal it's it's very run of the mill first person shooter otherwise. But the especially, I mean, if you take the the co op, you know, kind of influence from Diablo into account, uh, or rather, I mean, it's basically Diablo with guns. But yeah, it's that that it gave me that extra drive to to keep playing when I really should have been playing something else. But well, now, well, now, let me let me get my uh, opinion of Borderlands out real quick. Borderlands, um, I should have loved it. Again, I'm I'm a huge Diablo slut. Uh, I should have loved Borderlands. My problem with Borderlands was that it, it was two main issues. One. The RPG elements were basically coming in the form of enemies having hit points. And me sitting there and holding down the left mouse click and just watching their red meter slowly disappear and hit points jumping off them. So as, a, as an RPG, the, the RPG-ness of the game really wasn't there, and I felt like the shooting mechanics weren't there. Whereas in Mass Effect, again, a game I don't really like, I am the resident hater, Mass Effect, at least the RPG elements, like the conversation system, I, I can definitely get behind that. And But Borderlands, like, it was just sitting there holding the trigger over the enemy until it died, and that's the worst part of Diablo. That's the part of Diablo that sucks, when you're sitting there doing almost no damage to the enemy, and you're just whacking away at them for 10 minutes until they die. The other problem with Borderlands was that each one of the classes had a special skill, but that was it. Everything else, all the leveling up was done behind the scenes. You were getting pluses to damage, or you were getting pluses to your shields, but you weren't getting skills. Now, that's the best part of Diablo. The best part of Diablo is getting these skills that you can just screw everything up and just paste monsters left and right. Like, my necromancers out there, corpse explosion. We all know it. We all love it. That is the best skill ever. And the skill use in Borderlands... There really isn't any. Like you, you have like the one skill where you can start punching stuff with the big heavy bruiser character, or the other the uh, soldier class gets to drop a turret. But the lack of skill use, I think, also took away from the RPGness. So that's an example of I wanted more skills. Now it's hard. How do you go about putting them in there? But I wanted to see more skill use in the game and less of a focus just on holding down the trigger until the enemy died. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 sorry, go for it, Kyle. And then there's the problem that it has no soul. Uh, that that would be the other issue. Elaborate, <laughs> sir. Elaborate. Well, I mean, this isn't a this isn't a a podcast about Borderlands. You can read my review, honestly. But I I don't know. I it's such a the world and everything. It's so thin, and it's just it doesn't have anything to it. There's there's no love and heart in that game. Except in the art style. I do love the art style. But that was like a substitution for Soul in a lot of ways. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is It is pretty, but that's it. Yeah. Scratch I mean, the surface. I, and... yeah. I will say that I, I did enjoy the game, although it may not be the best sort of example of RPG elements coming in. I think while, while you may dislike Mass Effect, that is also I, that's probably the best combination, especially... In uh, in two, I mean, some people will argue that the balance was thrown off more towards the the shooting end of the spectrum, but Mass Effect Two definitely incorporated did did the RPG element sort of thing without being kind of diving too much into the deep end of RPG ness. And I mean, there's there's something to be kind of asked whether you know, adding RPG elements to a game. You know, I mean, even in, in Call of Duty, you have the the multiplayer, level, like, ranking up system and unlocks and all of that, you know. Uh, that is, it's becoming more popular, but you, you kind of have to ask the question, does that addition, you know, like, first of all, what does it say about RPGs? You know, is it, you know, does it say that you can take away those individual elements and, kind of apply them to another genre and, you know, like that other genres might be better for it. So does that mean RPGs are better? Does that mean that RPGs kind of have that one thing going for them? I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to kind of take touch on here. Mm-hmm. I think leveling up could make almost any game better. I love leveling up. 
if the main character or any of the characters can level up, it it's an automatic um it's automatic satisfaction and it makes you play the game. Like you were like Zach, we were saying about Borderlands. It's true. Like if you couldn't level up in that game, it'd be terrible. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean I the, agree. the shooting mechanics in Borderlands can't hold it together. Now, getting getting to what Zach was saying I wouldn't consider Mass Effect to be anything other than an RPG. I just think that it was a different way of doing the dice rolls that we get whenever you you apply something that you have skill in your character to accomplish something. I would I would not argue as as Mass Effect being a shooter with RPG elements. To me, Mass Effect is just a straight uh, a straight RPG with a shooter overlay, while Borderlands is a straight shooter with an RPG overlay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Granted, you you haven't you still haven't played two, right? Uh, no. And unless somebody buys it for me, I'm not. All right. I mean, the I I will say that the balance is is definitely shifted in favor of shooting. The the RPG elements play a much smaller role, and you still have the the same sort of dialogue. Uh, options, you know the the wheel of choice, but the uh, wheel of choice, you know whatever you want to call. It. I just I had to come up with something on the fly, uh, but it's it's definitely like they take away all of the uh, simple stats. You know the like the add plus five to your armor, add you know you get a bonus to your negotiation. You know it's it's much more streamlined, and I'd I'd almost say you know if you know if they don't kind of bring it back that it, it would be uh, a, a shooter with RPG elements. But granted, you know, you're kind of running on the first one, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is definitely more of a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, that that, uh, that holds no appeal to me because the only part of Mass Effect, the original that I was actually liking, was the RPG quality, like the conversation system. And that's why I really started to love Dragon Age because it, it was even more pronounced in there. So when I hear that the focus has shifted toward the shooting side... Well, Even if it's more refined, I really don't have any desire to play it. Well, there's just as much dialogue, if not more. Okay, yeah, I mean, well, that, I, just, I meant the sorry, I meant the like the skill focus. You know, okay. there's, there's less there's less stat points. You know, it's it's okay. more it's shooting, a, less stat it's, points. Yeah, it's more of a twitch based shooter. Okay, okay. Now, um, there was another example that I wanted to bring up, which was uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas which really was an RPG. I mean, you could level up the main character in that game in every aspect from driving to shooting. You could make him fat. You could make him skinny. You had to take him to, like, work out. It was kind of like a a Sims-type quality mixed in with RPG elements. And then in Grand Theft Auto 4, they just got rid of all that. And so was that an example of a developer saying, screw it, nobody wants to play a game that has all these RPG elements, or, you know, my thought process is that Rockstar just got lazy with Grand Theft Auto 4 and just wanted to go back to the simpler Grand Theft Auto 3 styles. But that's why I couldn't really get into 4. I, I had so much freedom in what I could do with CJ, and I loved leveling up his abilities. And then Grand Theft Auto 4, it just felt like a huge step back from San Andreas. And yet that's the game that's getting, been getting tense for a while. It's like, what? I mean, it was it was getting tense when the PC release came out. There was a little bit more backlash, you know, towards you know everything seemed you know that that shiny coat of paint had kind of uh, dimmed a little. Yeah, I, I thought that taking away all the ancillary crap that you could do in Grand Theft Auto uh, San Andreas and in Vice City and all the leveling up that you could do, like you could you could go on certain missions to make your health meter bigger, for example, or to make it so that you got more armor. And then with Grand Theft Auto 4, they got rid of all that. And I, I do think the shiny coat of paint thing... Uh, awkward? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I live in the park building... I lived in the park building. There was just some motorcycles in the streets. Oh, okay, no control okay. of that. Okay. All right. All right. I thought they were coming to get you or, or something. I don't know. Uh, but, but like, um, and then with Red Dead, I feel like they haven't gone all the way back to putting RPG elements, but they are starting to put more back in. And I really like the quest structure in Red Dead and being able to start a mission for a stranger and then go off and do it at your leisure. And that that was one of the things I loved about Oblivion and Fallout were the facts yeah. that there were no time limits. You could just do it whenever the hell you felt like it. Uh, just, just one thing I want to quickly mention about San Andreas, at least my take on it. Sure, sure, sure. 
Uh, basically, yeah, I like the game quite a lot, and it did drive me further to, you know, at least build up CJ and stuff like that. There's just one thing I personally don't like about the game. The map's areas were a little too big for their own good, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Makes the missions a lot more tedious. Definitely, definitely. So, something that I feel like that's something they tried to refine with, with GTA 4, but they also went in a very different direction. They would, tried to go the more serious route, and in doing so took out a lot of that character customization, which yep. I kind yep. of enjoyed. Yeah, and, and then the, the fast travel system in Red Dead, even though it's not as elegant as uh, Fallout or Oblivion, I mean, that's just ripped straight from a Bethesda game where you can quick travel somewhere so you don't have to sit there and ride all the way. Like, uh, I'm not saying that quick travel is an RPG element, but we're starting to see some of the things that Bethesda really developed with their games. I mean, I fast traveled everywhere in Oblivion. Like, I did not find Oblivion's world to be interesting. I found the quests to be interesting. But Fallout... Some of them. Yeah, some of them. No, definitely. Uh, brother, brotherhood missions and thief missions, awesome. Everything else, yeah. kind of yeah. boring and repetitive. I can agree with yeah. that. But Fallout, like, I used to just pick a direction on, like, a Saturday morning when I woke up, and I would just say, I'm going to walk there. I have no idea what's going to happen to me. I'm just going to walk. I hardly ever fast-traveled in Fallout 3. I was just so into that world. Mm-hmm. And, and again, like, uh, Oblivion... Uh, the, the conversation earlier about Kyle and I disagreeing on a lot of things, one of the things was Oblivion. I don't think Oblivion is a great game. I think it's a very, very good game, especially for almost being a launch title for the 360. I thought Oblivion, like, that was next-gen. That was taking the open-world game and putting an RPG around it. No, hardly any of us had seen anything like that, especially if you hadn't been playing Western RPGs uh, like I hadn't. That was my first Western RPG, not first Western. And it was just amazing to have this huge open world and all these different things to do. And, you know, hopefully Obsidian can keep it going with Fallout uh, New Vegas. Mm. So yeah, I'm excited. But, oh, I just thought of another example, uh, Crackdown. The yeah, first Crackdown, good example. That was, that was a example. really, really kind of, that, I mean, that really was the only thing driving me to play through that game was the the character advancement and granted you know shooting people after you advance your you know agility or whatever that's that's all in good fun but it you know those orbs oh my god yeah and oh, I, oh I, god. Was, <laughs> I was looking at my collection of games and and starting back with like devil may cry we're starting to get more and more level up systems in games where you have currency or you have experience that you use to upgrade your weapons to upgrade uh the abilities that you have and even though those don't make those games like devil may cry or god of war or bayonetta rpgs there are rpg elements in there like again it, it gets back to kyle's point about leveling up if you're leveling up something if you're getting stronger in any way that's just a carrot on a stick for a player, and we're going to keep driving for it. We love to grind. Yeah, I mean, now I have a, I have a thing, though. Uh, we've been discussing kind of all of these different aspects of RPGs that have been brought in, you know, like the whether it's the, the battle system or, you know, like character development or having, you know, making choices in the dialogue or in the story. You know, at what point do we kind of say, hey, this isn't an RPG anymore? Or hey, this is not an action game anymore. You know, like where where does that where do we cross that line, and how do we kind of determine what is an RPG and and what isn't? Besides, of course, really, just what's on the back of the box. Really, you kind of have to go by how it feels. I mean, like Grand Theft Auto. You know, even though you can level up, maybe it doesn't feel like an RPG. Whereas something like Mass Effect always will, even though there's dialogue in both, leveling up in both. Um, and, but the, one, the other thing is you can look at if you're actually playing a role, which is where role-playing comes from, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> oh, but but unfortunately, unfortunately, using that criteria... Most JRPGs aren't RPGs. That was so. the point I was going to make, and, and you got right there. Like it, The role-playing, I mean, I, I played D&D for years, totally, totally showing my nerd card right here. I played D&D for years with my buddies, and it was about being a role, being a persona, and that's what I really like about the Western RPGs. But then, like for example, Bethesda, they just need to hire better writers because their stories, like the main story in all their games are terrible. 
So, yes, you're playing as a role, but the driving force in an RPG, I mean, some would argue, is a story, a very in-depth story and character progression. And the Bethesda games kind of drop the ball in the story area. Meanwhile, the JRPGs, they excel in the story area. But very few JRPGs, I would say that the Persona series is one of them, where you actually are playing a role. You're interacting with characters. You're a mute protagonist, but you're interacting with characters and you're developing relationships. And I think that's a huge step forward for the JRPG. Uh, One thing, I mean, just to to bring everyone's memory back to, uh, I think it was about two weeks ago when... Bioware, when some, who was it at Bioware? Uh, the Old Republic lead writer Daniel Erickson said uh, that Final Fantasy Thirteen is not a JR, is not an RPG. <laughs> you know, I mean that that definitely inspired a lot of controversy uh, among the the gaming populace. But I mean, he does make a point. You know, he says uh, you don't create a character, you don't live your character. There's no choices. You know, there's you, there's that kind of exploration missing that you know there's no progression yeah you're not creating a role you're playing one that they provide for you you're watching a role be played yeah so apples and oranges yeah yeah i kind of agree with that like the the jrpgs don't fall into what a western uh definition of rpg is and that's i think why we oftentimes put the qualifier of jrpg it's a japanese role-playing game but then at the same time, the Western RPG always seems to encompass things about the JRPG. You know, you are leveling up, you are getting better skills, you are gaining more hit points, you're gaining more armor. So, in a way, I understand where Bioware is coming from. From I think Bioware is just, you know, trying to take the piss out of Final Fantasy a little bit. I mean, honestly, I mean, they're, they're going... To, Bioware basically gets to say whatever they want to now. They've had Mass Effect 1 and 2... Dragon Age sold surprisingly well. Like, I was shocked to see the numbers on Dragon Age. I thought that that was going to be a little bit more niche. And the Old Republic is, even though I don't think it's going to beat World of Warcraft, that's the last contender for the throne. You know, that's the last one. If nothing can knock that off, then, you know, it's just wait until Blizzard decides that they need to make another Uncle Scrooge's money pit. But Bioware gets to say whatever they want to right now when it comes to RPGs. Do I understand what he's trying to say? Yes. Do I agree with him? No, I think he's just being a little bit of an ass. No, yeah, I, just different kinds of games. Enjoy it the way you like it. Some just like, you know, just uh, some like just a straightforward story. Some like to be in the role. You got both choices for a reason. Yep. yep. Now, now, where do you, wanna, where do you guys want to see the, the future of RPGs going? Because, I mean, there's, there's definitely a difference, you know, in, in what kind of needs to happen, at least in my opinion, for the, the Western RPG scene and the, the Japanese RPG scene. But, I mean, I, I do definitely enjoy the, those, you know, the RPG elements being brought over. At the same time, it gets harder and harder for me to play games. You know, I mean, Cross Edge may not be a great example because it's just a terrible game, but it's very derivative in its, in its JRPG constructs. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this on that subject. Wait until Final Fantasy versus 13, because I think that's going to tell you where the JRPG is going. You know, Squaresoft, tr- damn it, Square Enix. I'm going to keep doing that until I finally get it through my head. Square Enix tried something with Final Fantasy 13. Uh, what did we say last time? They sold 5.5 million units. That ain't enough to make back the money that they spent on that game. The JRPG right now is all sorts screwed up because the Final Fantasy game did not sell as well as they were expecting. So now we got to wait and see what happens with Versus 13. And I, I think it even came out more that we're not going to see Versus 13 at E3. So I think right now the JRPGs are just kind of going to stop and see what happens and see where the waters are going to turn. I think in the West, the success of Oblivion, of... Um, of Fallout. We're going to see what they do with Fallout New Vegas. Uh, we have StarCraft, which is going to put some RPG elements in there where you get to level up your units, very similar to Dawn of War, I might add. Uh, we're, we're going to see leveling up of units in StarCraft 2 in the single-player campaign. You got Diablo 3 coming out. That's going to be a juggernaut. World of Warcraft is still a juggernaut. I think the Western RPG is much better suited right now than the JRPG. Mm. I mean, I'd, I'd agree. I'm- I- Sorry, go for it. 
I'm a little worried, honestly. Um, I my interest in JRPGs has kind of waned. I mean, you have the the kind of quirky anime style JRPGs that are a little too I guess juvenile at times for me. And then you have the ones where like there are too many MMORPG elements getting in them and that doesn't appeal to me either. So I've really been um, favoring Western RPGs for a while. But I'm a little worried there because of a few announcements um, about Bioware recently. One, that Mass Effect 2 DLC will lead up to the events of Mass Effect 3, which is really unappealing to me. Two, the Mass Effect movie, which I know isn't a video game, but... Kill the, the franchise. People, yeah, the people of Bioware are backing it, which just worries me because it's pointless. And then I heard just the other day rumor that they're bringing multiplayer to Mass Effect, which yeah. is just... I mean, if, if, if we could do a, a little segue to the, the news... Um, that was that, that was, kills. Yeah, I mean it's whoa, 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 whoa. before we get to the news. Well, I mean uh, that's that was going to be my first. Okay, okay. Well, there. Before we get to the news, uh, let Kyle finish up his point, and then I want to get Dennis's word on this. Uh, yeah. Well, that was about it. I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, damn. <laughs> multiplayer will, if anything, will kill Bioware. It's multiplayer, and I really think that it's EA that's corrupting them, honestly. Yeah, and and plus we have Dragon Age too, which uh, well we have something in the vein of Dragon Age, which is coming out uh, in February, at least they say. Yeah. Yep. So we'll have to see. They they said that it's a sequel to Dragon Age in their year in their fiscal report. So yeah. All right. And Dennis. even even with Awakening, Dragon Age Awakening, the expansion, I it was you know it was decent, it was fun, but it was rushed. Yeah. And that really worries me. Yep. 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 So all right, Dennis, wrap us up. Uh, there isn't really much for me to say. I still enjoy JRPGs, even if this generation it's just all sorts of whack. I could just deal with all its faults. And of course, even I could tell Western RPGs are clearly the stronger, much more polished, but it's just personal appeal with what enjoys, what things you enjoy more, things like that. At least you got a choice. Mm-hmm. Whatever, is your, whatever is your cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Which is not fun. Go ahead, go ahead. Which mine happens to be the straightforward linearity story net stuff, even if it's juvenile, angsty, things like that. Whereas I'm not much into open world sandbox, open your own world character and stuff. Just not my kind of appeal. Different strokes for different folks. That's my uh, Gary Coleman reference for the day. Also, Dennis Hopper died today, and I I just wanted to give a shout out to the Easy Rider. And rest in peace, Gary. Yep, yep. We're going to miss Gary and we're going to miss Dennis. All right, Zach. Give us the news. Uh, we're coming up on seven minutes before an hour, and everybody told me that we need to shorten this bitch up. So, All right. Well, I guess, at it. jumping back to what Kyle said, uh, there was a recent job posting at Bioware Montreal for a multiplayer programmer, and they, they kind of slipped up. They said, in parentheses, the Mass Effect franchise. Oh, so it's, it's looking pretty much like we're going to get some sort of multiplayer in the next Mass Effect. Or perhaps, you know, they might be doing a an Assassin's Creed Brotherhood sort of thing where it's a spin off and you have something else. That better that better be it. Yeah. Does anybody want this? Does anybody want ma- multiplayer in their Mass Effect? I not not no. in my main game. Definitely not. Um one oh. thing I will say, uh not you know, not in in uh, kind of in defense, is that if you if you look back to Baldur's Gate two and kind of some of those older games. It's certainly not, you know, Mass Effect is a different beast entirely, but the a lot of the fun, you know, so I hear, of, of those games was being able to play through in, in a, you know, cooperative over LAN. Uh, and, you know, so I mean, I kind of missed that coming into Dragon Age. You know, I would have really liked to see uh, something to that extent for, you know, the, the modern era, and I'm interested to see what Bioware does with the older public in that vein. Uh, but, you know, yeah, so, I mean, take it as you will. It's still, they, they definitely kind of slipped up and since have, uh, I think, uh, removed the Mass Effect franchise excerpt from the job 
yeah, they removed the Mass Effect franchise bit from the job posting, but I have a feeling that we will be seeing a little bit more of that uh, later this year. Not at E3, there's no Mass Effect 3 related stuff there, but, you know. It's all going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I don't care either way. Yeah, I don't. I don't give a crap. They can piss all. Over. I don't screw with Dragon Age because I, I I do like Dragon Age, but a Mass Effect multiplayer. The only thing I could think is maybe a multiplayer component, like a co-op component. That might be okay, but even that, like, I don't know. No, because then then skills are going to be like, oh, this is good only during co-op. Mm-hmm. And and so, then you also lose the the character interaction, you know, with your party members. I mean, it wasn't huge during yeah. the, the missions, but you know. Unless it, you know, unless you kind of go the the Gears of War approach, where story means jack shit, you know, you're you're out of luck there. Gears of War has a great story. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. Honestly, I can't. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess in in the name of of keeping this thing uh, shorter than an hour, I'm going to do some quick hits. Uh, Pokemon Black and White Spring 2011 thoughts. Yawn. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, 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 how did I realize that Dennis was going to love Pokemon? I, I should have seen that one coming. Yes, I like my Pokemans, and I'm 23. <laughs> do, do, do you play eugenics with your... Me too, uh, your, Me too Dennis. <laughs> do you guys do the whole eugenics thing with your Pokemon, like trying to breed the ultimate Pokemon race, I, like the actually, master race? Actually, That's no. cruel. <laughs> the only thing I do the best is just give them good moveset. I don't Shit. do stat manipulation or anything like that. There go the dogs. Yeah, right. Pokemon! <laughs> please. We almost got through. We almost got through without the dogs flipping out. Well, dang. Um, no, I mean, Pokemon's going to sell like gangbusters. Nintendo continues to rule the world when it comes to the DS and Wii. I mean, they're going to keep making those things. No, it's, it's cool. They're, they're going to keep making Pokemon until, you know, I don't know, until it's no longer lucrative, but I don't see that happening anytime soon, so... Yay, Nintendo. Keep on making money. Next on the list, Rune Factory 3, Fall 2010. I like the series. I don't even know what the hell that is, guys. It's the uh, Harvest Moon <laughs> sort of spin-off. Oh, oh, the gardening simulator. Oh, yep, yay. Boy, awesome. Moving We're on. killing stuff. Uh, wait, wait. Final Fantasy IV, Days of Light, October 5th. Whoa, 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 whoa. You oh. can kill stuff? Yeah, oh yeah. Yes, in Rune Factory. There's, there's a little bit of dungeon I, crawling in there. Yeah, I, I reviewed the first two for RPG fan. Um... They were enjoyable, mostly. A little boring, I guess, at times, like most Harvest Moon games. But, I don't know, enjoyable. I don't think I would ever play a third one. I like the Wii one, the Rune Factory Frontier, which is sort of a pseudo remake of the first game, a lot more than the DS ones. Oh, okay. just feels like there's more to it, even if it's kind of simple. Yeah, sorry. uh, So, jumping back, uh, Final Fantasy IV Heroes of Light, October 5th. Is that the DS game? That is the DS game. Okay, with that it, interests it, me. Yeah, it looks a little bit like what they were going to do with Dragon Quest Nine originally. I'm not exactly sure, but that it's you know a little bit more cut character customization, action oriented uh, combat. Screw I, it! Screw it! Everybody flips out about Dragon Quest Nine changing. We'll just put it to the Final Fantasy <laughs> series because that changes every other game. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Luffy, keep the tradition of Dragon Quest and change it up with Final Fantasy. All right, uh, Lufia, Curse of the Sinistrals, sometime this fall. It's a remake of number two with more action-oriented combat. Dumb. Yawn. <laughs> Yawn. Give me Fantasy Star, you bastards. Now. I like Lufia, but remakes, come on. Yeah, nobody, the- has anything, nobody has anything original anymore in anything. No original movies. It, it's a disaster. Yeah, yeah. The, the remakes thing, I, I think especially with games, is kind of annoying because what our medium is only 30 years old if we go all the way back. Uh, yeah. Getting up to 40 years old if we go back to like the 70s. And we're already remaking games. Like, wh- what was the Resident Evil remake? It hadn't even been 10 years since the original <laughs> Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> like, is that necessary? I, I think it's okay to re-release the games with an update like you know maybe update the graphics a little bit but a straight up remake i don't know and then i guess final and uh sorry but uh, another remake final uh sorry not final fire emblem uh mystery of the emblem because that's a, great well, see, that's a yeah that's, that's okay though since 
we didn't get that originally, uh, did we? Over here? No, I don't think so. It was uh, straight to Japan, I believe. Yeah, so that's okay. Uh, I appreciate that. Which installment is this remaking? This is Mystery of the mm-hmm. Emblem. I'm not sure of the Japanese title off the top of my head, but it's supposedly it- a sequel to the the recent uh, Shadow Dragon. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, what was the first uh, Fire Emblem game that we got? I can't remember. Seven, technically. Seven? Jesus. Yes. We skipped the first <laughs> six, and we got seven after. God. Uh, well, uh, Fire Emblem, I mean, I'm a big fan of, like, Final Fantasy Tactics, and I, I do, like, my turn-based strategy games, so... I don't know. I'd maybe give it a shot. I just I don't have a Wii or a DS right now, so... And I, I suppose uh, that about wraps it up. We'll save Alpha Protocol for next week. But uh, oh, 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 screw it. We got ten minutes. Let's. Yeah, all right, I don't. All right. I don't care. We're extending this bitch. Okay. Appar- apparently, it sucks. That's that's the word on the street. Oh, oh. Who was? There right? are a few good who reviews. Was, who was right? Who was? We need a shirt. We need actually. A shirt says Robert. Actually, Rob. All right. I agree with. I agreed with you on another thing. Um, I thought Alpha Protocol was going to suck too. Excellent. Excellent. Well. I've seen some reviews, and I've seen it running. First off, they just hardcore ripped off Mass Effect in terms of, like, the structure, in terms of uh, conversation-wise, the gunplay, which is apparently terrible, and the and the level-up screen. I seriously thought I was looking at Mass Effect when I saw the first level-up screen. Like, Well, if the gunplay is terrible, then they didn't directly rip it. No, they they kind of did maybe. the whole like holding a cursor <laughs> over someone and not doing any damage to them like yeah. that. That seems very reminiscent of a Bioware game. I hate. I mean, it it seems what what it seems what happened was you know they they were going to come out with this game what uh, almost over a year ago, and yeah, yeah. and that was a good deal before Mass Effect Two came out, and they really blew their chance on on getting in on the the Mass Effect One market. You know, it's it's it was going to be a holdover until Mass Effect Two, and now. They they really shot themselves in the foot there. Well, this was Sega, and this was also Obsidian. <laughs> yeah. This was Obsidian, which is kind of like the the B team, on, uh, which scares the crap out of me when it comes to New Vegas. But uh, this is, I mean, it seems like Obsidian is constantly being given the game that is either A supposed to die or B is supposed to be out in six months. I mean, there was the Aliens RPG. First yeah. off, Aliens RPG. What? Hey, it could have. Hey, it could have been badass. And monkeys could fly out my butt. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I mean, it, it's one of those things. Like, communism works in theory. An RP, an RPG based around aliens works in theory, but it's like, really? Uh, first off, RPG horror. Maybe that's maybe that's somewhere that we need to go. RPG. Ooh, I'd be interested in that. Could you, yeah, that would be. That can would you be, be cool. scared? Can you be scared by falling hit points? I don't know. I don't know if that's possible, but uh, it just seems like Obsidian. Uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but they made uh, Knights of the Old Republic two. Yep. Uh, made up of a bunch of Black Isle Studio guys who are now working on New Vegas. It it just seems like they're given the baby after it's already like the franchise after it's already become lucrative, and it, to me, they kind of seem like Treyarch in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. What Treyarch was to. Um, Oh God! You'd think with all the the things in the news, I, I'd, I'd Call remember. of Duty. Well, the the guys who made Call of Duty, shit. Infinity Ward. Thank you. Okay, you would. It's it's sort of a similar relationship. Uh, Infinity Ward makes the big game. Treyarch does the follow up, and it seems like now that's what's happening with Obsidian. And you know, hopefully they've been given enough time with New Vegas, but it does kind of get me a little nervous. Uh, one thing well, that I oh sorry, go for it. Did you, I, I saw on N4G um, some person that worked on Alpha Protocol allegedly posted a comment on a review saying yeah. that he was not proud that he worked on it and that it was a mess, but that New Vegas was looking good. Yeah, so I was actually that, I was going to bring up that oh same thing. It was it was a post on a joystick, I think. But I mean, it you know it happens sometimes. He some of the things that he brought up were that one of the company owners, you know, thought that he was, you know, game designer extraordinaire and ended up shitting up the whole thing, um, that they weren't, you know, given enough of a, a proper base to work off of and were constantly futzing around with, with new game mechanics when they really should have been refining the, the ones that they already had. And so, I mean, you know, I, I'll kind of give it to them there. And I'm really, you know, like, I, it's, it's going to be a lot harder for them to shit up 
uh, Fallout New Vegas because it's basically Fallout 3 with a, a new uh, coat of paint and some. Hopefully, they don't screw up the the allies and stuff. But you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm going to buy New Vegas regardless, so they already have my money. I just have to decide if I want to chance it and get the PS3 version again or just run it on my PC. But I, I just feel like Obsidian could be getting themselves into trouble. I, I don't think Alpha P- Protocol is going to sell very well. They're yeah. having they're having these canceled projects. Uh, they're working on they're working on New Vegas right now. I mean, th- this strikes me as a company. And I, again, I'm not trying to give them shit. It seems like they're getting constantly shit on. And now they have to be really careful, or else they could end up closing their doors, especially with the way that games are selling right now. You know, uh, game sales, and I'll go back to what we talked about in the first trial podcast and what I brought up in this podcast. I do not think Final Fantasy 13 made a profit. I, I don't think there's any way that game made a profit. 5.5 million units, and that game cost at least $100 million, if not more. That's pretty simple math. Like, I don't know how Square Enix... Ah, I got it. Square Enix is going to recover from that. And I don't know how Obsidian or the guys who ask Obsidian and make them develop games, I don't know how they can keep on churning stuff out unless they make a profit. So it's a dangerous area to be in right now. I would not want to be a game developer right now. I mean, it, it with, with some game franchises selling ridiculously well, you know, your Call of Duties, your Assassin's Creed, and then others not selling hardly at all. I mean, it's it's a weird area to be in right now. So, well, we went 6 minutes over an hour in which I apologize to everyone. Please do not yell and scream at me. Well, we improved. Yeah, we did improve, and we, we stopped with the rambling. I, th- I think this went pretty well. So, uh, that is the show for this week. Uh, Kyle, what did you think? Did you did you have fun? Yeah, yeah, I would like to come back if you would have me. Okay, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think next week we're going to have Neil on. He seems to be really chomping at the bit to get on. And we got to come up with a couple of decisions, guys, and I'm keeping it in the podcast so we can we can get it out there. I think we need to think of a name. For the podcast, maybe get some cool intro music if we can, you know, get somebody to offer to do that. And then we got to decide if we want to make this a four-person show with a fifth chair coming in as a guest, or if we just want to keep it three regulars and then the fourth chair is the guest. You know, point it out on the boards, guys. You know, it's something to to discuss. I think we're still getting our bearings together with the show, but that's those are the kind of things that I want to see happen right now. Yeah, Sounds and I good. mean definitely. Uh, for next time, we should also, uh, for those of you listening, we'll we'll put up a thread on the the forums and in, in somewhere uh, where you can suggest uh, topics for our our next show. So definitely keep your eyes peeled. Yep, and bring the hate for me because you know I, I just love it. I just I eat it. I, it's like children's tears. It keeps me going. So, so oh, we know you like your attention. Oh, I do. I really, really do. And the Final Fantasy A review was was just glorious. So for Kyle, for Zach, and for Dennis, I'm Rob, and we will talk to you guys later.